This week on the Solid State Podcast, there's no getting around it. We're all over the place and hopefully all the best ways possible. We kicked off things by taking a hands-on look at the FreeWrite Alpha, a device with an intentionally narrow vision of what it wants to be and how it might unlock the creativity laying dormant in our ever more distracted minds. Then things really go off the rails as we journey back, literally, to a world of cassette tapes, questionable audio quality, and believe it or not, gadgets hitting the market right now, enabling you to play these chunks of plastic and ribbon in a new and possibly even interesting way. Hot on the heels then of such a stark look backwards is a whiplash-ridden transition to what lies ahead for none other than AI, this time when it's baked into the phone that many of you already have in your pocket. Yep, Apple is making it official, with AI-focused tools coming to iOS later this year. What that actually means, however, is still very much up for interpretation. Is this ushering in another era of once-complicated tools arriving for the masses, or the next step down an ever-darkening road? Things only get even more off the walls from there when the next way to scratch your Dungeons & Dragons itch arrives digitally later this year in Project Orcs. And who knows, maybe we'll sneak a few more tidbits in at the end. Guess we have to wait and find out? No, really, don't just scrub ahead, I promise. It's worth it. All that and more coming up. If you thought this intro was bad, wait until you see what this much caffeine on a Friday morning did to us. Let's go check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we are here this week to do the thing that, I mean, let's face it, if we do anything well, it's this, and it's be all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was just there was just no other way to tackle the pile o topics than to part spin style run through them all because I, I know when it I know it's coming when because we tend to talk throughout the week. What do you want to cover? What do you want to cover? Hey, what news do you think is really going to matter to both of you out there listening? Um, <laughs> as I as I told someone the other day, our tens of beloved listeners, yeah. um, dozens. <laughs> I wish it was dozens. No, <laughs> um, no. We we've just we got what I think is a really cool line because even you know inside the pod. Most of the time when we part spin, there's still a there's still some semblance of a theme to the topics that Most we try things. and smush together. I can't even try to lie to you, dear oh. listener, and say there's any con- don't look for it. It's not there. This isn't like again listening to my wife talk for years about the theories that well, like is there a common theme to the American horror seasons? Yes, there's a common I've, I've been saying it since the second one that yes, there's obviously a common theme to these stupid they're not one-offs. Mm-hmm. There's no hidden story to be had in these topics. But um <laughs> it's the and there's ADHD episode. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's, we like it, many things, you know. <laughs> it, it resulted from a Thursday conversation because, as you know, we record this bright and early on Friday mornings. Um, between Eric and myself, saying, "Hey, um, I think I've got these four or five topics in mind." <laughs> to which I believe Eric says, "I'm like, you mean for four or five episodes?" I'm like, "Nope, I mean all for the same one. Do them all at once." So now that we've burned the first two minutes of the show because, you know, we don't know what a schedule is, uh, I guess let's dive right into it because and actually that incredibly rambling, rambling, rambling (laughs) intro, even for us, is the perfect tee up, actually, I think, Eric, for because this first one's very much yours. But what makes us us is what I think makes this first gadget, because this is like a gadget in its truest sense. Mm -hmm. So meaningful and so powerful, in my opinion. I'm not even the one using it, because it's designed to help people like you who have actual creativity, unlike my fake creativity, um, 
express that in a world full of distraction. Yeah. So that that's as much as I'm going to tee it up and let sure. you run with it. I just think this thing is so cool. Yeah. So it's right here behind me. I'll hold it up to the people who can't see All it. Um, but it is a, <laughs> it's essentially a black and white flat piece of plastic that looks like a, a keyboard uh, with a small screen and a, and a key on it. There's several different versions. I have the newest one that's an alpha. It's, it's made to be more portable, um, but it's from a company called FreeWrite or I guess the actual, the device is called the FreeWrite. The, the company is actually called Astro House, like house, but in German. Um, oh, house. And, okay, yeah, yeah, House, you know, in, in, uh, in the- David the Hasselhoff is their official exactly, uh, brand right. manager. <laughs> so it's, it's basically, you know, if you think back, if you're of my generation, when you used to have like a computer lab at your school, but that was new. What you really right. had in there that was old school was the typing lab where you'd go in and there was a bunch of actual typewriters that you would type on and spit out, you know, as you typed, you know, that kind of thing to learn how to type. Um, this is a, a smart typewriter, essentially. So it is purpose built. It doesn't have um, pop-ups. It doesn't have advertisements. It doesn't have anything on it. The small little, you know, like half inch, um, LCD screen that's on there shows about three and a half lines of text, three lines of text, and that's it. And it is purpose built as a writing tool, as a drafting tool. You're not meant to edit on this either. You're meant to get into a flow and just write your draft, whatever you're drafting, you just get on there and you type. And then when you're done, it has Wi-Fi and it uploads it to whatever, um, cloud-based storage you want it links to you know iCloud it links to Google Drive it links to you know all the different ones you can set it up to a bunch of different things so as you're typing it's uploading as you type so it's constantly staying up to date you can set it into offline mode to save battery and it will save it on the device because it always keeps a copy on the device and then as soon as it connects to Wi-Fi again it will upload for you yep. you can also plug it into the computer and it will show up as an external drive on the computer and you can pull the text file over that way as well. So there's lots of ways to get the, the data off of it. Interesting. So when you plug it into a computer, it doesn't like become a, a keyboard for the computer. Nope. It just becomes a drive. That's a cool. drive. Yep. Yeah, with that's the, cool. With the text that you've typed on it and you can, you know, there's, there's no touch screen interface. So it's all command keys. So there's two red keys on either side that just say new on them. And if you push both new keys at the same time, it, it does a new draft. So it, whatever you're working huh. on goes into one folder and it opens up a new document basically that you can start in and you have some shift keys that you can go around and do some light editing. Like if you see, Oh man, I really mistyped that word and it's bugging you. You can pop back up and erase it. And so it's, yeah, it's one to. step above actually typing on a piece of paper. You're not yep. whipping out white out with this thing. Exactly. So. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, and it, it's purpose built for drafting and, and, and distraction free. So me as someone who officially is diagnosed with ADHD, sure. it wasn't necessarily no, a joke at the beginning. Um, yeah having a distraction free environment is hugely helpful. Um, I have wanted to write a novel, um, since I was a teenager, it's something I've always say, wanted I, to do. You've, you've mentioned it as long as I've known you and I'm yeah. sure long before that. And I have had ideas bouncing around in my head for that. Um, I've had trouble, um, getting the ideas into a proper outline and I've used some tools to help me with that, that are new, um, which have really helped a lot. And then this having an outline, you know, a bullet pointed outline of a chapter that I want to write and then sitting down in front of this device with a piece of paper next to me and this device, I've been able to sit and write every morning. I've been writing for about an hour or so every morning for a couple of weeks um, on this device. And I just crossed 25% finish this morning on, on my novel. That's awesome. Of, of my work yeah. count, um, you know, like yep. my goal for my work count, which Your is 50,000 words. So I've reached 25% of that as of this morning, which is more than I've ever 
typed in any one document, in all those probably, years. you know, yep. for, for a novel in all those years. And I have, and I have my beginning, middle and end all planned out. I have, I know where I'm going. I have a direction, you know, I, you know, I've gone off the rails a few times as I'll do, you know, and written myself in a corner and I've been sitting there staring at it. Like, how am I going to get out of this? But the feeling is so much different than when I sat down to write before. I'm not writing that story, but there's a story that I will be writing if this is successful and I can keep doing this that has been bouncing around in my head for 20 years. And every time I sat down to write this story, I sit there and I get this blank page staring at me on a computer with a cursor blinking at the top and I freeze and getting anything out of my head Ouch. onto that blank page is so hard. But this device specifically with its tiny little screen, which you'd think is a hindrance, is actually a feature because it's so much less intimidating to feel like you need to feel, fill this little box instead of fill an entire page. And just that mindset change from that device, yeah. it's it's very different. And it's- The psychology of that yeah. is so powerful and to hear that it works. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you talked to me about this originally weeks ago before it actually arrived and you're describing it to me. And, and I will admit as like more of a, a gadget freak than again, and then a true creative, I hear that and, and I went to the first place, right? I'm just like, man, that- I, I, I get the concept, but that seems like a, it seems like a limitation, right? Like in yep. my mind, I hear that. I'm like, what are you going to do? It's going to be like typing on a speaking spell. Like what, yeah, what are you actually going to do with this thing? Not wrong. Yeah. But as I slowed myself down long enough to think about the implications of bespoke purpose built distraction, or I should say anti-distraction. We can't save yeah. us from the environments around us. Right. That's Those are other conscious decisions you have to make. But when the device is designed with the intentionality of removing and shedding those distractions, yep. um, that's that, that there's power in that. There's, there's, there's more, I guess what I'm building up towards is I find it incredible that you've been able to cross just that milestone so recently that's been bouncing around your head for that many years by having the right tool. Mm -hmm. And that just reinforces to me the other places, the other things that we use all day long that would benefit from that treatment. I'm right. not saying we take, you know, what, what, what's the selling point of the modern smartphone that it's basically your digital world in your pocket. I understand the economies of scale of having that and the benefits also of instant, but how many, I'm not saying we unravel that into 25 different devices and, you know, undo Steve Jobs' announcement of the iPhone. You know what I mean? But how many tools when you want to sit down and just do the thing to have access to the tool that is made to do it and not, I'm going to call it what it is, that's not an app that got reverse engineered into fitting on a 6.7 inch display. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's so much of our world is grandiose ideas or very, very powerful tools that have been nerfed. Yeah. They've been, they've had the edges cut off and sanded down to fit into a handheld format that is touch friendly. And yeah. I feel like we're losing rapidly so much of the exact experiences you just described sitting down and having the tool that you needed to get that out of your head and down onto the page, you know, digitally or otherwise. Right. Um, could you have forced yourself to lock yourself in a closet with a laptop and turn the Wi-Fi off? And, you know, this maybe giant, maybe. Yeah. But when Again, that the tool like, I was the to solve, go, I would have to jump through hoops. I would have, you know, never thought to shrink the screen down to fill a smaller space to, you know what I yep. mean? Like. I wouldn't have thought of those things. And just the fact that this is purpose built for it. It's not, I mean, they're not cheap. The, the no. alpha here is $350. They're a big smart typewriter. The one that I actually want that has the really clicky keys and looks kind of more typewriter ish 
but I mean, I'd be going full hipster then, but I'm, I'm going to eventually, cause you know me, um, that uh-huh. one's like $650. And then they have a, a they, the one they call the Hemming Wright edition, which is like a, a limited edition that they put out. That's actually aluminum. It's like the whole thing oh, is metal nice. and it's yeah. brushed aluminum and it's really, really nice. It's a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's funny that you, you know? say that John too, about like, yeah, we have an iPhone or an Android and all these apps get baked down into a button that you press. Yep. And it, it, whereas in the past it was you bought a specific item for each thing yes. that you were going to yep. do. So yeah, that's that's a good point actually. I think about my garage. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm as much as I'm a sucker for a gadget, I am an equal sucker for a tool. And um please don't read into that more than the words suggest. <laughs> um no, I, so there are countless things you can go buy that you, know, you walk into any Home Depot or Lowe's and they purport to be the, you know, the 20 in one, you know what I mean? Buy yeah. this one thing and it's going to help you do 20 different tasks in your workshop or your garage or what have you, whatever task you need to do. It's a spork, man. Yeah. It's bad at doing all of them or at minimum it's substandard at doing all of them. Don't get me wrong. Carrying on the, the spork metaphor. If I need to eat and what I have access to is a spork or my hands, Chances are I'm going to be really happy I have access to the spork. I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not upset. But if I'm working on something and I have your, again, watered down 20 in one experience or a drawer full of purpose built intentional tools to get the job done with the precision, the accuracy that they bring, I'm going to take my drawer full of overpriced tools any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have to be overpriced. I will. There are many, many things that are more expensive because of quote unquote what they do when my $4 Craftsman screwdriver that I've had the same one for 20 years and still looks like it came out of the box. I'm going to take my little number four, you know, yeah. um, you know, Phillips yeah, exactly. head screwdriver any day of the week. Um, and this just feels like that to me in a very, very real sense where you have a tool that is designed to do one thing as close to perfectly as possible. And that's not always the right answer, but I think it's an option that is disappearing more and more every single day. The ability to go find the purpose-built tool. And there are probably, you know, so many more people out there that this isn't a fit for that can sit down at their laptop and page and do the writing that they need to do. But the way that my brain is wired specifically I have always had trouble with that and, and getting tools to have a proper outline, which is, you know, they're AI adjacent, you know, they take the text that you put in the prompts that you put in and they break it out into a bullet point list for you. Like having that small tweak where I don't have to do that step, taking my grand, like three paragraph idea that I've written for a chapter and have them break it out into bullet points that I can then follow along and write until I get to the end of what I need to say about that bullet point. And I know I've got the next bullet point and the next bullet point to go to like Mm -hmm. having that, that coupled with this device has, it's just opened up the ability for me to actually get words down on a piece of paper in a way that I've never been able to do before. And that's, that's pretty fantastic. See, Eric, you you say it's a you problem, but I, I, what my theory presupposes is dear tens of listeners, (sighs) I would like you to please email your Venmo information to I really want the real ending of Game of Thrones at solidstatepodcast.com. <laughs> right. And we all crowdfund enough money to purchase one of these 
for George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> and we actually lock him in a closet with one of these. I'll spring for the Hemingwright edition. <laughs> it's never happening. Yeah, it's right. never he's not allowed, and he's not allowed to read, leave that room until he does what you just did yeah. and finishes the dang book. Yeah, make him some outlines. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's it's, it. it. You know, I mean, it is. You want an outline? I'll give you the outline. Not what, to, what not to do. Go buy 30 days of Max. Yeah, and watch what not to do. And watch, and watch what not yeah. to do. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, I mean, I'm enjoying it. Um, I, you know, I've been able to do something that I've always wanted to do with a with a tool just by the purchase of of something yeah. that helped me focus in a way I haven't been able to focus on that task before, which is meaningful. So how wow. are the the keys? Like how is like actually typing? Sure. It? Yeah, it's um they're they have a decent amount of travel on them and they are, these are actual mechanical keys as well on, oh, this, on this device. So they're, um, they're just low profile, uh, mechanical right. keys, non-click switches. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're non-click, but they're, they're low profile, but mechanical switches. You can actually pull the keycaps off of this and oh. replace them with whatever keycaps you want that will fit. So you can, you know, you can do like the chiclet keys if you like those better. That's have a really little, good feature. A little curve and all of that. So you can, yeah. and, I, and I believe I haven't checked myself yet, but I believe you can actually replace the switches as well because they have the standard mechanical yeah. switching. So you could go in and, and customize this if you wanted to. And the same thing with the big one, the one that's like more typewriter-esque, that one has actual brown clicky keys in it and you can pull that's a big deal, actually. custom keycaps, you can do custom switches, all of it. So yeah. All Cody heard was he can fiddle about with keys <laughs> on a keyboard and yeah. he's in. He's he in. may never type a single thing. He's like, wait a minute, I get to get my tool out and, cha and change the yeah. keycaps and switches on a keyboard? Let's go. I got a few sets I can put on there. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, hey, let's, let's do a transition here. I'll see if I can transition this on our ADHD list. So speaking of purpose-built devices that can yes. only be used for a single thing. A single Oh, do tell. Uh, John found oh, this got one and for sent you. it to us. And then I found that somebody else is doing it. So this isn't a one-off. So there is a- I thing. insist on believing we, I just want to before, I'm not going to steal your, your lead in. Uh -huh. I insist on believing that we willed this into existence almost two years ago. That's, yep. that's all I'm going to say. Yep. There's a certain nostalgia episode. I'm going to leave it at that. But I insist <laughs> on believing that we did this. That may not be a good thing. Right. But I, I think it was us. Go ahead, there, Eric. <laughs> there is a company called We Are Rewind that has created a purpose-built cassette player. If you remember the old tapes that we talked about on that previous episode, or you remember them from your life, or you remember turning a, a number two pencil to rewind it when it spit all the tape out everywhere, this will yep. play those old tapes as well as new ones that people are apparently putting out now. So yep. it has a... Yeah, it's a cassette player. It's a cassette no player. Like, we, don't, we don't. Yeah, we don't have to church stuff. Other than other, because there's a. So I believe you told me FIO a much. Yeah, re r rewind. We're just not even going to go down that rabbit hole. More than just that's their name. Yep. Um, FIO would be a brand that more people would likely be familiar sure. with. Um, Cody, I know you saw in chat when we <laughs> popped. Um, th there's no getting around. These are not cheap devices. They are. I mean, again, we're not going to church it up. They are. They are cassette players. They are. There's one feature. I'll talk about one of them in a moment. But for the most part, they charge through USB-C. They have some modern touches, but they're freaking cassette players, man. And they're hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah, that I saw that right away. I was like, what? Well, you know, to put it in perspective, is about what you'd pay for one of them back in the day. 
like about a hundred bucks, 150 bucks sometimes for a really just nice Just for one. inflation. Yeah. Well, okay. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you just said it for a really nice one. I, I, full disclosure, I have not touched, held, or used either of these devices. I insist on believing the quality, the actual playback quality of these devices is going to be more akin to the 1999 <laughs> Wilkman yeah. knockoff that you could buy at the corner store. That's that's all. I, and I could be so wrong on this. This could be like the perfect expression of, again, the purpose-built device that someone who just wants to play their tape collection. I could be wrong. But when I saw, because I haven't looked into the file one as much, but um, yeah. I, I, full disclosure, the the We Are Rewind one came to me through an email from a, a company called Bespoke Post. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a product that they're pushing. And it just really screamed to me like, the photos went so above board to make it look like a premium product. When mm -hmm. I see things like that, I'm like, oh, you are so made out of one one thousandth of an inch of like recycled plastic. It is actually made from aluminum. Okay. See, there we go. So, this is this is yeah. me predisposing. But yep. So yeah, the, it does look that way, but it they actually went for aluminum, which is okay. because they were trying to get it as close as they could to the original Sony Walkman. And that's they, they were going for. and that's a goal. And I will say that because we talked about that some, I think, on the last episode about um, the perceived quality of some older gadgets. Like when you would pick up the heft of yeah. a certain thing, and you're, I mean, the opposite of what I was just describing. I think about those those original Walkmans, and you pick one up, and it felt like it felt like a piece of audio equipment because it was. Right. But there were many many other things you could buy at the checkout aisle at Target that did not feel like a piece of audio equipment. It felt yeah. like some plastic held together with string that you dropped a, a tape into and you would be greeted by the sound of your tape getting turned into spaghetti. So yeah. like, yeah. if this yeah. isn't and that, that's great. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely interesting. They, you know, the Bluetooth headset connection on one of them, on the one of them. Rewind makes it. That was the better. standout feature to For me. Sure. That, that That's what really jumped off to me is the, re, the, to their credit, the We Are Rewind went one step further by giving you, okay, we haven't used or reviewed this device, but on the page, they give you the tape, the, the cassette tape experience, but the function, the, the freedom and flexibility of a, again, giant air quotes here, modern day, there's nothing modern about Bluetooth, but that's a whole episode to itself, modern day Bluetooth technology. So that's the thing. Yeah. And I'm very interested to figure out exactly how that works. Sure. Because it has no screen. So how do you choose, you know what I mean? Like how do you put your AirPods into yeah. a mode to find it and then choose those AirPods on, like to get them to talk, to talk. Oh, I, I don't know. know. It'd be an interesting experiment to see how that works. But so the, the file comes in actually a little bit higher price than that one. It comes in at $169. So 10 bucks more, um, or around there. And then it's also aluminum. Um, mm -hmm. but, and it has a lithium ion battery that lasts 15 hours of playtime. USB-C charging, so on and so forth. I think which I'm thinking like, I don't know how long, the original Walkmans lasted. I know that you, they used like two AA batteries that you'd put in them back in the day, or sometimes four, you know, depending on, or, you know, sometimes they'd use AAAs, I guess, depending on the- Based on the damage I did to the environment, I can tell you the Walkman CD player of the late 90s and early 2000s could yeah. make it through exactly two lawn mowing sessions of a 1.5 acre yard in Florida. <laughs> so- Because <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say, because I felt like, at least for me, because I had yeah. a Sony- sports walkman tape player it was like the bright yellow yep thing and i had the bright red cd version it. of that yep. you know so i had that and 
I felt like that thing lasted forever on a set of batteries. Mm-hmm. It probably did. I barely it, had to change the batteries in that thing. So yeah. in 15 hours, I mean, for a lithium ion battery for, you know, I mean, that's a decent amount of playtime, I guess. Yeah. But, you yeah. Know, you get through. I mean, I'll, I'll just put it anecdotally. I don't remember ever seeing the star Lord change the batteries. Yeah, there you go. And those that's movies right. went on that's for hours. Yeah, there you go. So just saying. So, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting device. I think it's cool that the, option is there i guess but like i i have there's a, two reasons right it's like you want try nostalgia me. okay or you want to literally walk around holding a cassette in your hand like it's that no i'm i'm pointing in a podcast but cody yeah. that that uh, this is someone did it i wasn't gonna do it but someone did it to me it, it has nothing the heck to do <laughs> Eric and I had this conversation when this first came up. You, no, email me, please. I'll finally create the email address. Email me if you want to try to convince me that your reason for wanting to listen to a cassette tape has anything the heck to do with audio quality. Oh no, yeah, because yeah. we talked about this during the during the nostalgia mm-hmm. episodes. You could make the case there. It's still a religious war, and it's one that'll never end. But there's at least a war to be had as to vinyl versus like. You know, modern digital and 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 to, I can already hear Eric making the point. Yes, digital can be superior if it is a lossless flack playing through a purpose built da- like all the things you have to do. A digital product can be yep. superior. A vinyl product is more frequently like you have a higher chance of the vinyl product being the more true expression of what was what was or you know the, pressed on at least sounding pleasing pleasing mm-hmm. yes you know but a tape there is there, there as i said before there is no war to be had here yep. right. there is there there is no gold standard of cassette tape out there that brings the richness and the full-bodied audio of 1991 it mm-hmm. doesn't exist because yep. the utility of cassette was not audio quality it was portability mm-hmm. and then we solved it a different way yeah, yeah. then we figured out cds <laughs> yep exactly and then the mp3 player and then the like all the things that we've done so in a world where everything is already portable the one party trick that cassette tapes brought to the table is null void and moot all you have is this plastic hunk of crap that on the third play is going to eat itself and destroy your eardrums in the process so to answer your question cody and eric i know you're trying to break in but i have to get this one out the only reason you would do this is to be seen with it yeah that's it that's it that's it i mean i i was just gonna say i have a, a niece who's you know, the new generation, she's in high school right now. And for the last couple of birthdays, she's asked for cassette tapes. Yep. She has a, she has a Walkman because TikTok told her to, and no, I'm just kidding. Maybe uh, I don't know. I mean, no, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, no, I'm very much kidding. But she, you know, that, like it's a, it's a thing. Like, mm, yes, it, it really are listening is. To cassette tapes again, which I don't understand, but more power to you, I guess. Like enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned I I went to the record store like a week or two ago and they have yep. a cassette section. It's like, yep. I'm yeah, not even going to browse that. Like, why yeah, would I do that? And I'm not going like, to keep beating the, the TikTok told you to drum, but but it really mm-hmm. is. It, I think it it is a pure expression of what we talked about many times in the show about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But what I think is so interesting, and and I don't know the you know the the humanality of this. I'm seeing this nostalgia expressed through people that don't have a direct reason to have that nostalgia because they didn't right. use it the first time. Right. It's like that 90s like nostalgia starting to come back into right. like people want like, 
that's Eric all. being connected to cassette tapes makes a lot of sense. Cause he was literally of the Walkman generation. Mm-hmm. I, uh, even I with like my, my memories of cassette tapes were like my cousin and I like our, our big Friday night, you know, thing that we would do is my, my, my grandparents had a, um, it wasn't a boom box per se, but it was just, it was just a, it, it was, was a portable stereo, stereo, but it was a yeah. one with a handle. You can carry it around, sure. but it's party trick was it had two cassette decks mm-hmm. so you can make copies. Yeah. And you want to talk about awful audio quality. Oh, Let's yeah. take something as pristine as a cassette tape and then make a garbage copy of it using a Sears, you know, tape deck. But, um, that and was another like, copy. And then, yeah, <laughs> right. Cause that was long before CDs, long before burning CDs for sure. I mean, the CD probably existed, but it was more expensive than anything we could have ever afforded. And certainly and the ability to quote unquote, burn them yourselves that that didn't exist at all at that point. So like, but by the time I was in my teenage years, like listening to music, it was for the most part CDs by that point. Mm-hmm. And then Cody, you're even younger than me. So like your connection to cassette tapes is going to be more because you come from a like music's very important to you. So you're still mm-hmm. old enough that there would have been early vestiges of your love of music that still would have had tendrils back to cassette. Yeah, like I, I was on the cusp there. Like I think I had like the Lion King soundtrack on cassette right. and like Sweet. stuff like that. Um but yeah, I definitely was like a CD kid. I had the but, CD player. But that's the part I can't that's the part I can't uncrack is and I don't have any numbers to back this up, but it, the more I hear about it, the more it sounds like the generation that's mostly fueling this nostalgia play has none of those tendrils. Yeah. Most of them well, were born and grew up in the iPod generation. Yeah, but that's the thing. It might it's that they, like their parents we're all from the generation sure. that had that. So they're being okay. introduced to it because like my my niece, it, you right. know, my my wife's sister, they're like they're 80s kids, mm-hmm. you know, just like I am. Okay. So they, they grew up with that. So, you know, she has a love of it probably and had probably tapes sitting around the house, which, you know, made my niece, you know, pick up on it and all that kind what of stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, it seems like, you know, it's the same thing. Like my son goes to school in a Save Ferris t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean, like, because I've introduced him to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and there aren't any other kids at that school that probably know that because most of the kids his age have parents that are younger than us, so they they probably so what I either, so what I was so. daftly ignoring was cross generational nostalgia. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. I think to well, a de- like a degree, I could see cassettes like like John, you said you have like a player at home and like that's where mm-hmm. you listen to them but it's like oh i'm gonna go on a trip let me grab my five cassettes and put them right. in my bag along with my cassette player like it you just now, seems like yeah, you well, who is this like, person a couple of hours of music and you're done yeah. right but also who cody let's 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 play this all the way out i swear i'll stop eventually <laughs> with the person you just described mm-hmm. with their setup at home i find that laughable when on the right. flip side, I think about like how many times I've heard Eric talk with so much like passion that I'm not like the original music guy, not by a long shot. But when I, I've actually bought gadgets before because I just listen to Eric talk about like what you can build in the modern era with like purpose built listening stations and DACs and things like that, or even a purpose built vinyl setup at home. Again, going back to the war to be fought there is you're seeking the purest expression of the sound. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that all day long. Most of it's lost on me in a practical sense. Cause I'm that guy you'd, you struggle to hand me the two sets of headphones and I'd actually hear the difference, but I appreciate the tech behind it so right. much mm-hmm. and, and the art behind it. That's what I love. And then, and then I just tend to pile on to other people's passion around it. But 
I keep coming full circle to cassettes suck. They, Again, they, they did what they needed to do and that they, it, it, they did Cody in yeah. their moment, what you just described, you were going somewhere and you took your music with you. And mm-hmm. that's a revolution unto it was itself. The only way to do it then there was no yeah. other right. way. That was so like in that moment, I don't want to downplay the importance of the technology and the time where it was the ultimate expression of mm-hmm. the ability to take what you wanted to listen to with you but the minute that was outmoded by something better there's there's nothing left but nostalgia there like everything else goes there is no audio play here there is it's not an efficiency factor i mean again a cd is infinitely more durable infinitely you know more reliable to sound like and then you again you get into digital files and all bets are off because the only thing that you have that is going to you know play pun intended on the on the vinyl side is that you have a better chance of the vinyl sounding better unless mm. you did a purpose-built digital listening station. So, yep. yeah, yeah. I don't why? Get it. I don't get it. So, any, and especially not to spend 160 bucks on it. So, sure. I mean, Other it's, than it's a fashion item. Yep, exactly. Yeah, put it on your hip, walk around. Ooh, I got a got a cassette the ca- player. The cassette industrial complex is absolutely coming for me. By the way, so right. I have yeah. just drawn blood. <laughs> Lucky for you, there almost isn't one anymore. Like <laughs> two people who make tape. Yeah, the so, you know they're they're trying yeah. to ramp back up, just like vinyl was trying to ramp back up for years to be able to right. know, make enough Taylor Swift albums to sell. So yeah, and and I would I was gonna say like oh VHS isn't in the same spot, but I I feel like it isn't in that younger people don't I don't feel like. I have seen people like collecting VHSs, but I do see like the older generation had them like keep them or like sure. collect VHS. Um, I will make the same point. Yeah, and I was gonna, it's like a similar thing. Like, I, but I haven't seen as many like young people kind of get into like no. VHS as cassette has been kind of taken off. Cody, we quote unquote buy games every day that we don't even own and can be taken away from us in a second because yeah. we can't be bothered to get up and put a disc in the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's why this generation is never going to get drawn into VHS nostalgia yeah. because in no universe are we going to get up, walk across the house, open up the massive piece of furniture you would have to have that we all had growing up oh, that yeah. was, I'm sure, some big double-doored nonsense full of, I can picture ours, full of VHSs yep. to put in the player, discover no one rewound it, rewind the tape, go make your popcorn, come back and watch a very, very fuzzy yo copy of Ferris Bueller <laughs> yep. until the tape snaps and then you download yep. it anyway. Or yeah, go out and have to buy it again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, I just, it's, I think it's like, there's, it's not a direct, you know, music and TV, but it is like funny that with music, it's like, yeah, let's go get a cassette. Let's whatever. But with a movie, it's like, I'm not going to go get a VHS and watch this. That's not like nostalgic. Yeah, I mean, also, the, the only reason that they were watchable at the time that they were out was because there wasn't a, a such thing as a high definition television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So now that there are high definition televisions, I, I put in the other day, I had a DVD um, that I found that was a, it was a standard, it wasn't a widescreen DVD. You know, it was yeah, like, yeah. it was a, you know, wasn't letterbox. And, and I was like, oh, man, I really want to, it's, it's a terrible movie, but it's a really cheesy movie that I, that I have nostalgia about from when I was a kid. It's called my science project. Watch it. It's a great eighties movie. And I was going to introduce it to Flynn and um, I put it in. And because it was on that standard format on the DVD, 
it didn't know how to play it on my high definition television. So even though it was on a DVD, it was like the size of a postage that was really small. Like oh, I had a giant yeah. black square around the whole thing because I couldn't zoom in to fill the screen. It was screen. still the letter. Yeah. So it was really shrunk down. So it was like watching it on a, you know, my, my 65 inch TV, it was watching it on like a 25 inch <laughs> square. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. So yeah. So you were I, in the living to... room at the Cleaver residence. Exactly. My gosh. So, yeah. It was, it was, it was crazy. And it was just because whatever format that DVD was made in was so old that my PlayStation was like, what is this? And it didn't yeah. know how to put it up on the screen. So it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. So <laughs> anyway, we're way off track like usual. So, yeah. um, well, I'm actually going to take us further off track cause you okay, guys did it. Cool. This isn't even on our topic list, nice, but I, but I absolutely have to do it. So uh, I'm going to force us into a shameless plug for not a sponsor, but Eric, you brought something to my attention earlier this week. I haven't had a chance to actually engage with yet, but it's very much on my weekend list of to do's cause I'm so excited about it. Tell, tell our tens of beloved listeners about what you told me about mystery science theater 3000 oh god yeah oh. i'm so excited about this so people need to the fact that this has existed for so long and, and we're as plugged it. in as we are and we missed it oh my god yeah if one more person hears about this we need to spend five minutes talking about right. it because okay. i'm that excited yeah, very important to me because mystery science theater basically formed my humor absolutely yeah, yeah. It's, absolutely it's like fundamentally no that, that that's origin story material yeah. absolutely so, um mystery science theater uh, like a few years ago they started um putting out new episodes yeah mm-hmm. yep um so they also during all of that were able to finally acquire the rights to all of their old episodes so they oh. now own everything which is fantastic yeah so there is now an app that you can get on iphone on android on apple tv that is the gizmonics institute app for <laughs> mr science awesome. theater 3000 and you put it on there and you can go in and they have all the new episodes that you can buy for $14.99 or rent for $4.99 and watch all the new stuff. You can also buy a gizmo pass, which lets you see it as they come out. Cool. Yep. So you've got your subscription model. The kicker is all of their old episodes, all of the classic all of them. 3K is available now. right now, commercial free. No, no, awesome. need for, no need for anything. You sign up. You just sit there and free, watch no, away. You know, and you can just watch all of the old episodes commercial free. Eventually, they're going to add commercials in, but they're still all going to be available for free just with commercials. That's amazing, actually. And it's like all the best episodes I watched. I introduced Mitchell, the the Mitchell episode, which is one of my favorites. We were were belly laughing. Flynn still running around singing, you got to keep your eye on the sandwich. (laughs) All the jokes from Mitchell. We're doing and and like it just makes me happy that it's like it's all oh, there. We're able to happy. Like, I bet your wife is just so. thrilled. But oh, yeah. uh, she, she looked at me and she's like, "Thank you so much." There's two of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? So yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Uh, so and and the quality is great. I mean, they're they're that's amazing. You know, is you know obviously the movies that they're watching are, are older. Yeah, are older. So you know they they look terrible and and yeah, but it's nostalgic, but it's better. Yeah. No, it is. And, and it's, and it's available and it's right there. And then they have the new ones. They've got a new cast of people. They've got new Mads. Um, Felicia day is working on the project now. She's she's great. Yeah. Now. And she's great on it. And like, it's just, it's really good. So if you've ever liked, if you've ever watched mystery science theater in the past, go check it out. Cause you're going to love it. If you've never seen mystery science theater and you have no idea what I'm talking about, look it up and watch it anyway. 
pick some good episodes. Don't watch Manos Hands of Fate. That is not one to introduce yourself to MST3K with because it's the worst movie ever made and they never made to make it funny, but yeah. there's no saving that. So just, you know, work around but on that one. Once I'd say don't introduce yourself there, but I actually think yeah. this might just be the awful person. I mean, you owe it to yourself, dear nerd, to go experience yes. Manos yes. Hands you of must, Fate. You must experience point. Torgo at least once in your life. Um <laughs> But, but only yeah, once, I mean, yeah. only once, only once though. Yeah. Don't, don't ever, you know, don't ever go watch Manos Returns because they should, they no. shouldn't need a sequel. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's fantastic. So I'm really excited about it because it's just, it's there to watch and we're going to, we're yeah. going to be watching, we're going to be digging into cave dwellers this weekend, which is another classic. So we're, we're pretty excited. So all right, well, because I kicked us all the way off the rails and that's what this episode was designed to do. I'm going to do yeah. my best to, you know, draw us back in because there has been some other news on the Apple side of the fence over the last few weeks. I mean, I, I've heard whispers about this. There's been a little bit more like, I guess, Eric, when you mentioned this and I agree, what's really brought this into focus, <laughs> pun intended, uh, for me is this is n there's still a lot of conjecture around it, but mm -hmm. now we're starting to get words from Apple's mouth. I believe Tim Cook even was quoted yep. as talking about some of this. Um, it's no longer if Apple is going to throw their hat into the AI ring that is, you know, flying around the industry. It's happening this year, and they keep saying later this year. It, it's, I mean, it's going to be alongside iOS 18. Seems yeah. seems to be like the foregone the conclusion fall. now. Now, will it necessarily be a day and date launch with iOS 18.0? with the yeah, next iphone one of those like coming or will later. be up yeah yeah or it could be a point one or what have you release yeah. i mean that and that's going to be dictated by when they're ready to ship it but the fact that apple is talking so early about ai in a literal sense coming to the platform and what that could mean um taking all the apple fanniness aside and just putting it way over to the left whether you whether you own an iPhone, a MacBook, and use it every day, or you just can't stand them and and do your best to buy anything that keeps a dollar out of Tim Cook's pocket, the fact of the matter is, Apple's scope of involvement in the industry means them weighing in on the conversation is going to have tangible impact on the conversation. There's just there's no if ands or buts. It's just like Microsoft getting involved. It's just like Google with Gemini. It's Obviously, they are all, no one knows whose product is going to win because in my opinion, there shouldn't be a winner. These, yeah. these, these spaces need the constant tug of war of these giants throwing their weight of engineering yeah. behind the platform and hopefully doing so in a responsible way. And, you know, we could always use another player. You know, Gemini needs not be the winner. ChatGPT need not be the winner. Copilot certainly need not be the winner. <laughs> Microsoft. Um, so to have another player in the space is, you know, going back to the ethos of this show, it's going to improve all the other products one way or the other, because competition always fuels cross space improvement. Um, it's going to bring tools to the iPhone, which again, like it, love it, hate it, is a very, very ubiquitous device across the globe, certainly yeah. in North America, but it's again, the iPhone is everywhere, just like the Galaxy is everywhere, and this is a thing. So this is going to bring the AI conversation from the newsreel to people's hands for a lot of people for the first time. Because yeah. there's plenty of folks talking about ChatGPT, there's people talking about using Gemini, people talking about using Circle to Search, which again, I think is just one of the best expressions yet of using these models in an actually usable way. Um, 
again, plug for the, you know, new Galaxy S series and the, uh, what came to the Pixel 8 since yep. we had that conversation. Um, we still don't know exactly what Apple is going to do here, but the fact that they're now choosing to, Apple's traditional MO, it's gotten less consistent in most recent years, but their traditional MO <clears throat> is to let the market weigh in on where it thinks a certain direction is going to go and then come in with their entry, you know, second or at least later. You know, they, they did that with the iPod and MP3 players. They did that with the phone. You know mm -hmm. what I'm hearing? I mean, there there had yeah. been quote unquote what they, they wouldn't qualify as smartphones really now, but I mean, yeah. there had been many many entries in the space before there was an iPhone, right? And there are many other examples. So I'm just curious to see what has Apple sat back and watched. What have they picked out as the things where they said this is where we think we can bring value, or in a more practical sense, where we think we what can we do to drive sales or further keep people anchored in their walled garden that's the question right yep yeah i mean it, it's a you're right because it's going to become available for people because right now chat gpt is out there you know fireflies out there with you know or you have to have an android phone mm -hmm. you know a yep. lot of people have apple phones and a lot of people you know my parents you know a lot of people out there even my brother who's of a younger generation they're not going to go like searching out chat gpt or searching out ai right. but when yeah. it's on the device that they already carry with them yep. and they upgrade every couple of years and all that kind of stuff i mean that it, it's now available and in the hands of so many other people and it becomes second nature when it gets worked in with siri when it gets worked in with the things that they're already used to using and those things become better and they don't even realize they're using them it's you know suddenly introduced to the masses it's it's interesting that they're doing it and the one specifically that i saw that they yep. announced was um called mgie it was says you know it's like an open source sort of adjacent they put it on github i think and and it's it's an image editor so it's like a right. they call it a multimodal large language model so an mllm which so you can do you can put an image in there and then you can use you know natural language text, prompts you know yep. language prompts to edit it so make this brighter make it sharper you know you know change that person apply a blue orange. light filter yeah, yeah like you know, you move can, my kids six inches to the left on the bench right. and you now can, we no yeah. longer have a photo but we're not right we're not doing it today yeah, yeah. um but you know it's interesting that you can you know and it makes that kind of editing stuff that was only accessible to people who a had photoshop and b yep had training in how to, to use manipulate Photoshop the tools to, do it, yeah. to be able to do that kind of stuff. And now, yep. you know, please remove the zits from my forehead and boom, it's done. And, you know, you can send that up to Facebook because ideally that's what's happening. People are taking the picture with their phone, editing it now on their phone. And then using, uploading it from their phone so right. other people can consume it on their phone. On their yeah. phone, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's all happening within these devices and now they have an ability to not have to sit there and click around on a screen and try to make edits and adjust filters they can just type it in or say it more than likely to to their phone hey you know change the color of my hair and you know put a pair of glasses on me and then like they upload you know like that kind of thing they can do whatever they want to the images and then immediately upload them to their social media platform of choice so john has two points to make <laughs> point one and they're so yeah issue one no um and they are so broadly different points um i'm gonna very intentionally reserve the second one for after um the first the positive 
this sounds like one of the you know most recent purest expressions of what has always made and to your point Eric this is going to be done on phones but I'm going to use the I'm going to use the phrase the mac and very intentionally because mm-hmm. there's a there's a history connection I'm making here the story of the mac we talked about it recently the 40th anniversary of the mac yep. um 1984 the story of the mac has been about selling someone the box and in the box are the tools you need to do amazing things right you know you unbox it, you set it up, and everything you need to create, to manipulate, to use the technology was in theory in the box. And this is an incredible expression of giving people that ability, maybe on your phone or on your Mac or what have you. And you know, you don't need all these other tools. You don't necessarily need gobs and gobs of training. Like I think about what this means in relation to having something like the mouse or a graphical yep. user interface and how that brought the accessibility of computing to so many people at a time where you had to have enormous amounts of experience and training to sit down in front of a command line and manipulate a computer to do even the most basic of tasks. And then boom, there was the ability to just exist in this digital space and use the tools to do amazing things. And so much of the good that has come out of that technology for the last four plus decades can all be drawn back to the accessibility to those tools in the box. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's so that when I think about it in that context, what things like this, I don't mean just Apple's expression, but this is just a very clear, again, this is a page right from their playbook, right? Just like the whole normally they don't weigh in first. That's another where the intent is most, is hopefully most purely about giving more people greater access to the best possible tools to be creative, to do amazing things, to express yeah. themselves in the digital world. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, no, that's the, that that's the, the, the purest gadget person in me wanting to be excited about all this issue two <sighs> point the second. Yes. Um, and this is not just an Apple problem, but the, the, the double edge to that very sword I was just describing is in a world so proliferated by the content that we're consuming from the phones, from our devices, from the broader web, from the digital world, giving the masses unfiltered access to that power of manipulation. I just, the question remains, and I want to be optimistic and say, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll evolve. But I think about people, you know, you hand a person that thing, and they're going to use it for awesome, cool, creative stuff that's going to blow your mind. I think about people and what are, are we as masses ready mentally to consume an endless torrent of so easily manipulated content where we are still, and, and this is an us problem, trusting what we see with our eyes should have been left in the rearview mirror decades ago at this yep. point. Mm-hmm. But what we, the masses, and again, I don't mean person, but we people continue to have an issue, myself included, when I see something, my first inclination is to accept it for even a split second for what I'm seeing because it's wired into us. Yep. And we have to teach ourselves to be discerning and to do the research and to source things and to look for the story behind the story. But that's us, the person that is just learning to do that. The masses, we just have to look at the world around us and be aware that we are continuing to struggle with that. 
Yeah. And to hand these tools unfiltered to those very masses and say, turn even a vague expression of what actually happened into whatever you want. And then with the touch of a button, share it to hundreds of millions of people. We need to be ready. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of dishonesty out there. And, and, we, and, and the problem is weeding out what is and what isn't is, gets harder as because there's just simply going to be more of it. Yeah. We now have well, my, what know. my theory presupposes, you know, we talk about, you know, um, you know, not vagueness, but you know, removing ambiguity. Mm-hmm. The only way to remove that ambiguity is, is I don't think there is any more line to say to discern between what is and what isn't. We have to, we have to train ourselves to, for the default assumption to be that it isn't right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a that- weird place to approach that as is where you have to treat your phone as a holodeck and yeah. everything in it is fake. Yeah. And if we can get to that point <clears throat> and see something that piques your interest, that then sends you down the rabbit hole of doing the research and sourcing the material, you know, the, the default assumption has to be, this is fake. Let me, let me do the, make the effort to prove it true instead of, I saw a thing, I'm going to assume it's true, prove it wrong. Prove mm-hmm. it wrong can no longer be the first action because I can just tell you as from a numbers perspective, the overwhelming majority of what's going to be in front of our face is going to be a lie. Yeah. Because well, that's that very yeah. picture. And I, I don't mean disinformation campaigns and the, that, that, that I don't, I don't mean that draconian though. That's going to, that's already a thing. It's going to be more yeah. of a thing. But when I say removing the zits from the forehead in the picture, right. Very, very valid exercise. Cause you don't want to memorialize the 14 year old right. zits on your forehead. Right. It's still a lie. Yep. Yeah. Sure. It's still, expressing a thing that wasn't a thing. And I'm not saying that, well, I'm going to go see if I can find an unedited photo to prove that Lizzie did have zits on her forehead. You know what I mean? I don't mean take it to that extent, but that's the, the lie has to become the assumption because Mm -hmm. there's going to be no getting, we we might already be there. It's kind of, we were talking about, you know, too late to have the conversation or we're, we're late to the conversation. We're probably, I don't have a number, but we're probably already there. We're more of the content that we're consuming has been. And again, I don't mean a lie from a misinformation perspective, but I believe that my gut tells me the majority of information we're consuming has been edited already. So therefore is not the true expression. You had these tools to it, those percentages are just going to keep running the other way. Oh, yeah. And if the tools can be used for, as I say it over and over again, the tools are not inherently evil. It's how we use them. So to move the kid six inches to the left on the bench to just make the photo better, that's up to you. I personally would rather have the original photo of the kid sitting on the bench where it was supposed to be. But if that's meaningful, you find it hurt anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you put the person in the photo that wasn't ever in the photo to begin with, and now you're suggesting that someone was in a place they never were, and then you present it like they That's were truth. there. Yeah. We right. have a problem. Yeah. And again, we already have that problem. The tools exist to do that. But going back to the original point, for the most part, you need access to said tools and a general out. understanding of how to use them. Mm-hmm. And now we're just saying, I want to post a picture to the internet of so-and-so at a place they would never be because I'm mad at them. And then two sentences later, you have that. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's coming, right? I mean, like any picture you probably look at online has got a filter on it anyway, or of course it does, you know, whatever on it. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I feel like it's been a few years now that you kind of just have to look at photos and be like, 
Like, you know, you kind of have to yeah. give it that second, like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, and they're, they're working on combating that anyway. We've talked about it in a previous episode. We have. They have, yep. they have new um, things that they're doing that, that will be stamping images, like, within the camera or the device yeah, like that's the taking them stuff. Yeah. for authenticity yep. and shows exactly what camera it was taken with, the date it was taken, where it was taken, the lens it was taken with, and that it was unaltered. <laughs> Picture blockchains like yeah, NFTs. That, where that's it essentially just, what it is. And then basically, you know who owned it. You know what changes somebody, happen. If somebody alters it, it puts an entry in there. Where, yep. when it was altered and what it was altered with and then you can go back and search through the the blockchain the history of that image and know where it was messed with and that's that's yeah. where we're headed it's going to be like it, that for all yeah. isn't it even an image anymore i mean at that point well no, 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 what is a photo and that's that's not even we could yeah. do a whole thing on, but yeah but i i agree eric absolutely that those yeah. technologies are mandatory <clears throat> to have that ver verifiability i can't i yeah. highly doubt that's the right word but fine um we'll roll with it is is mandatory mm -hmm. but then so that that that's a tool that has to be created right i'm down for it yep. we the people have to use it yeah, yeah. again we can't I have to pay attention th th to it we have to pay attention we have to say is this thing in my feed real yeah or am i just gonna see it immediately get worked up over what's in front of my face and grab a pitchfork yeah. i mean it goes right it goes full circle back around to what we're talking about right now you have to exert effort to yes. create one of those fake images soon mm -hmm. it will be easy but the effort will shift you are now going to need to expend effort, effort to find out if it is real is it or real mm -hmm. yep. and, did this happen and people will make it easier by those technologies that show the blockchain the history of the image but you will have to exert effort to check that history and if people are just scrolling and going yep yep, yep. that's true that's true that's true that's true that's true without digging in and checking if it's if it's honest yep. or not then yeah. the whole all that technology does nothing because no one's no. using it. Yeah. Because the vast majority of people are they're having their opinions and their stance formed one tenth of a second at a time. Yep. Scroll view, scroll view, scroll mm. view. Yep. Doom scrolling by definite by 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 design is crafting a world in your mind in slow motion. One frame at a time. Yeah. yeah, that's why they the there's never ending scrolls on all those apps, right? It's mm -hmm. yeah, for yeah. that purpose. You exactly. Never reach yeah. the bottom. Never yeah. find the bottom. And that's so okay. I feel like we need to go lighter here. I uh, would love that. We got heavy. Okay. So I came across something just this morning, just before the podcast that got me really. Ah, yes. So <laughs> I um spend my money, Eric. Do yeah, it. Right. Well, I don't know how much it costs yet. So that, that's what I meant. Barely, just barely announced. <laughs> but um so I'm, you know, I think some of all of us have on this anyway, maybe not everybody out there that listens to us, but, um, Baldur's Gate three is a big deal right now. So, yeah. oh a, yeah, it's as it should be RPG. It is, you know, it's Game basically, you know, Game of the decade, Dragons. But anyway. it's a pen and paper role-playing game imagined on a computer so the computer takes the place of your dungeon master your game master and you play the the game and you know yep. you've got your outcomes all that kind of stuff really cool it's really fun it's blowing everybody's minds how detailed they got really really awesome so found a project this morning that just got announced on steam and will be going early access at some point this year mm -hmm. um, to be played it's called project orcs and it's o period r period c period s so um they are a, a company that's created another one of these role-playing games but what they've done is a little different um you form guilds of your friends that you all log into basically like a centralized town that you all get to work on together that becomes your home base so you can have 30 40 people in your little guild that all yep. share this same home base of a town and then 
when you decide to go out and play together, you get on whatever friends are there, you group up and you go out on an adventure. And a few of you are the adventurers and one of you has to take the, the place of the game master mm -hmm. and you get to make choices during that game session. You can go, they have pre-canned areas that you can choose and just drop in and you can create an encounter from that. Or you can literally go into their encounter builder and create a field, plant the trees around there, put a building, uh, you know, make an entrance to, you know, an underground catacomb, whatever you want to do, you can build all that yourself. And then yep. your friends come in, you can put your little NPCs down and you know, the, the people that are going to, your, your players are going to be going up against. And then your players come in and like you let it play out and your, your players make choices and they roll dice, you know, on the computer. And then they're presented with options based on what happened with their dice roll. If it was really bad, if it was really good, then they get a few options. It's kind of very choose your own adventure. And you, the, whoever's the game master gets to make choices also. And you're basically able to fully tell a collaborative story all together where you're controlling the outcome of the story rather than the programmer who programmed it controlling yep. the outcome. So it's much mm -hmm. more like a traditional pen and paper role-playing game, game, but you're able to do it all on the computer, all making choices together. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. The, the graphics are, you know, they're very akin to me. Like I, I see them and I, I think of, like late stage World of Warcraft, not early days World of Warcraft. Right. Now, like a little more cartoony, very vibrant yeah. colors, you know, all that kind of stuff. The lighting effects look very similar in there. Specs board are pretty low. I5, 8 gigs of RAM, a 2070 um, graphics card, which is all eight-year-old technology yeah really, yeah that it's requiring so i mean it's and that really works that's great you know yeah, what i mean like that's yeah. that's pretty cool yeah it's gonna and and they're they're saying that it's going to be coming out for pc to start with but their goal is to release it for as many platforms as possible so right. we'll likely see it for mac we'll likely see it for steam steam decks we'll you know yep. and maybe even see it for some consoles at some point if it's if it's the kind of playability that you can choose those things because it's, it's a lot of it's voice chat. Like it's the thing they're really yep. leaning on is they wanted to have that ability, like everyone talking and everyone laughing while you're playing. It's very much what they wanted a central part of their Yes. Game. So the voice oh, yeah. chat is a big deal. Which is so much a part of that experience. So yeah, if, they exactly. can, if they can crack that, if they can create that experience of, of playing that game, that together, yeah, that's cool. That's really, really cool right. and could mean a lot to a lot of people that love those those games so much. Yeah, yeah and that so. entry point, like not having to, you know, pull up a character creator and look up a bunch of rules and like, you yep, know, it yep. takes kind of that aspect out of it. You're like, oh, let's load up this game and we can do something. Right. And, and yep. the cool thing is like, you know, in real life, you've got to find either a pen and paper group that will get together consistently, which man has been the bane of every RPG player's existence forever is yep, finding yeah. this group. Or now, nowadays, you know, they do some online stuff where you can play online with people. Mm -hmm. That's a thing, but you still have to have consistency. You're still having to sit down at a certain time and you have a group yep. set up and, Oh, this person can't come. They're sick. This person can't be there, whatever. So this is, you've got, 20 or 30 people that you've all found through discord or whatever that have all joined the same little cluster and you get on and there's four people on today. Well, guess what? We got a group, you know, yep. you get on, there's 20 people, you got five groups, you know, everybody can kind of go about and do their thing. And then everything that you accomplish all kind of gets pooled back into your main town that you're all working on together. And it's your true. piece of operations that you're upgrading and making better. And then everybody kind of, you create this little community, community. of role players that's kind of yep. neat and you can always just grab different people you don't have to have the same group every time whoever's yeah. on let's go on yeah. an adventure it's pretty cool 
It's very cool. Yeah, that's fun. Did they have like a release date for it yet or anything? Uh, I haven't seen. Uh, it's basically early release this year is what they're yeah. saying. Yeah. So. Which I mean, again, not to down, not to tamp it down at all. I, I think I think Baldur's Gate was listed for an early release for release this year for like eight years. So here's to hoping yeah, that we actually get it this yeah. year because well, I'm so excited about it. With with Baldur's Gate anyway, it was early access for like two years. True, so you could go in and Th- buy that's it true. and play the point. early access version of it for the last couple of years before it was officially released. Released. So yep. it was you good know, point. and they're likely going to do the same thing with this, and that's why Baldur's Gate was so successful because they didn't quote unquote, release it fully until they knew they had it down because they had people playing yep. it for two years getting they it had perfect. that information. Yeah. Yep. So makes sense. They're doing doing it the smart way. So anyway, I, I just it. thought it was fun. Something to keep an eye on. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh, beyond doubt. I mean, the only other thing I had was just a little thing, but I don't I mean, real quick. It's a quick one. I, yeah, I thought it was neat. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's very cool, but go for it. Yeah. Well, the, um, you know, Linux has had it for years. So yep. the Linux operating system, um, you basically, um, super user is, is a terminology that they use in Linux and Unix, which is basically like an admin of that. Yep. And you can. It's elevated privileges. Right. You can do a super user do command or a sudo command on any uh, console on a Linux machine. You can type in yep. sudo and then the command you want it to run because it needs elevation and then it will prompt you please enter the admin's password you put the admin's password in and it will run that command as an admin without you having to log out and log back in as an administrator mm, as a wholly separate or user start a separate window as an administrator so microsoft has announced that they are bringing the sudo command to windows they yep. very specifically specified they are not taking the code from linux and putting right. it into windows this it's is the mechanic of the super user do command, the sudo command in Windows. So yep. you'll be able to go into a regular command prompt and do administrator commands without having to log out or log in as an administrator yep. or open a specific administrator, open as another user, that kind of stuff. You can just keep on going. And I'm, I'm assuming it's going to work both in command prompt and in PowerShell. So you'll yep. be able to do that kind of stuff across yeah, the coming board. To, coming to Windows 11 and I believe Server 2025. So the yep. next the, the next milestone Ooh. release of Windows Server. And this is exactly. like, this is crunchy. This is about as crunchy of an IT world topic as we can get. Yeah. But again, all three of you out there that share our our, our professional leanings, um, I, I can immediately see the value in this because the number of times where I've been in an environment where I'm needing to do something and the prompt I'm in is not running in elevated privileges. Yep. And the only option is to close all the way out of it. Re- either log out and log back in as administrator or relaunch the whole prompt as an administrator. Either way, the ability to do it more tactically than that, you know, command, command, command. Oh, this one requires elevation. Sudo, yep. run the command. And th- that way you can isolate the commands to that elevated privilege that need to have it. Yep. There's just so many security best practices that can be more closely adhered to with this because your your elevation becomes a scalpel not a chainsaw yeah exactly. you know what i mean you can very very specifically elevate those those particular commands that you need to while not having that entire shell experience live in that elevated right. world well it's it's yeah. giving me willies just to think about but we, we know we've run into it before how many times have you walked into a site you know for a for a partner and you go in you know in a previous it company has a computer sitting there logged in as an administrator yep Mm-hmm. You know, because they logged in and they forgot to click log off, and there's just yep. an administrator access sitting yeah. there. So this oh, I, I'm a go, I'm a realist. Know. If I could, if I if I had a TARDIS and I could simultaneously be in every server room that we manage yeah. on a daily basis, I would find at least one. Yeah, sure. Humans oh, yeah. are involved. You yep. know what I mean? It's just it's and and this is an, the technology 
for many, many, should do many, many things. One of them should be to help us mitigate our largest shortcomings. And one of those is distraction. We are distractible beings and you're sitting there working and someone bursts into the room and says, my printer's not working. And you throw your cape on and you run out the door to go make the printer start working properly. And you totally forget to circle back and lock up the server that has the entirety of someone's business just sitting there waiting to be wrecked. Mm -hmm. So like things like this that there's no replacement for slow the heck down, lock the thing properly, yeah. and then go do your thing. But this is just one additional layer of mitigating the risk of that inevitable situation because there's a human involved, myself yep. included. Yeah. No, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's going to be for, you know, for those folks like us out there, it's going to be yeah. very useful when that rolls out. So it's in Definitely. early access right now. So you have to go in and get the developer build to play around with it right now. Yep. But it will be coming to a Windows 11 install near you probably pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> for for both of you that will ever be in a command prompt. But right. uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well that was I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I've got whiplash. from uh, there, there were some, we went from high highs to feel feels and uh, everything oh, yeah. in between. And, All uh, stuff. Whew, that was a thing, but no, I, I do. I think I mentioned on a recent, our most other most recent parts of an episode. I love this time of year. I love, I love technology coming so freshly off of like the holiday season with all the events and the announcements and new products and what's in the yeah. box. And there's other stuff coming that I'm very much looking forward to. But these, there are as much as there are signpost times during the year where all of that activity happens. There's equally signpost times of the year where a lot of those announcements kind of just don't exist very often. Yeah. Um, there's a product announced every single day, but I mean, from the companies that we tend to cover that tend to make waves that have national or global implications, this yeah. is that time of year where there's fewer of those. And we get to spend some time using the stuff that we talk about all year long. It's like, right. I I'll bookend it with you. Am I sneaking in one more thing? Um, I'm continuing to use that galaxy S 24 ultra, not as my daily driver, my iPhone's still in my pocket, just we're not going to pontificate on blue bubbles, but it is what it is. But I will say, I find myself picking up and using, without thinking about it, that S24 Ultra more frequently than any Android device I've used in safely the last five years, maybe longer. Wow. It's a very good experience. It's awesome. it, it just it just is. It's a really we um we went out of town for a couple of days this weekend to um. MegaCon Orlando, shout out, not a sponsor. Um, not as good as Dragon Con. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that's two industrial complexes true, that are coming right? for me today. <laughs> yeah. But um, everyone has their sides of the aisle. Yeah. Um, no, but I took that phone with me and it, it just, I, I really don't, I haven't yet gotten to words about it yet, other than we've already talked about in the show that we reviewed it, but it's just, it's a good experience. It's a very, very good experience. It might actually be the best expression yet for why Apple has iMessage so locked down. Yeah. I'll be mm -hmm. total, I'll be, I'll be fully honest. If I could download an iMessage app onto that phone, there's a really strong possibility that for at least a chunk of this year, it would suddenly become my daily driver. Yeah, it's it's just a good. And it's, I thought it's, the same thing with my choice. Android. Yeah, like if there was an iMessage app, it makes it a lot more like oh. Yeah, I'll there's other things that are more. just. I'll, I'll stop short of saying better, but there's just enough things that are different where it's like, yeah. I like how iOS does this. I really like how Android does that. Like that's and that's good. There shouldn't be one to one parity because that just sounds boring. Mm -hmm. But man, I I get it. 
from a business perspective, I get it why people are so pissed off. Like the, the yeah. iMessage thing is real. It's real for me who, as someone who does this as a living. Um, but bringing it back to the S24 Ultra, my, the one thing I was tag on is I could sitting here on the desk. I was just looking at it. It's, it's been a while since, since a, since a phone has really like, in, like drilled its way into my life and has stayed there for more than a few days. Cause I'm constantly picking up a new device and playing with it or testing it. I mean, that, again, that's part of my job. This one has like staying power that I haven't seen yeah. from another device in, in quite a long time. Yeah. I'll if you're it. just kind of grabbing it without thinking about it, that says like yeah. your brain's like, yeah, I want to use this phone. I yeah. want to use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so. cool. On that bombshell, anything you guys have before we, uh, before we wrap it up? I don't think so. I think we said enough today. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were, we, we did the thing. So, uh, we will wrap it up there for this week. Uh, next week. Um, if we can, <laughs> if it. we can get some of our avatars corrected uh, um we opted my meta quest so i need to do some reconfiguring yeah yeah we're looking to do a return to the metaverse uh the the lease renewal is up in our digital office space and yeah. uh whatever you know gonna check it out yeah you know play uh digital metaopolis, digital <laughs> metaopolis <laughs> that we last joined you from the office for a year yeah, we got to yeah. go do some vacuuming, some dusting. It's going to be great. Yeah. But once we do that, we're going to return to the meta to the metaverse. Hopefully, next week to see what's changed. You know, obviously, the Vision Pro is dominating this part of the conversation in the here yeah. and now. Um, in the back end of that conversation, Meta hasn't gone anywhere, and in fact, they've launched some features in direct response to the oh, yeah. to the Vision Pro. Um, there's just, I think there's there's there will continue to be, but even right here, right now, there's more to be said about the other end of the AR VR mixed reality conversation that um. I, I think I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time to circle back and see what's changed in the last year or so. So oh, yes. uh, hopefully catch us next week on that one. And uh, until then, we'll catch you next time. Later. Later. Later.